This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning, Canada. Welcome inside another Wednesday edition of Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio. This is leg number one of our triple header today across the TSN networks. We're on from now until noon right here on TSN 1050. And then we are on at one o'clock on TSN 4 and five o'clock on TSN 2. So it's going to be a busy one for us. We were also on last night for a nice uh, debut airing of our television special, 9 p.m. on TSN 2. Call it GTC Prime Time, which was a ton of fun to be on for that hour. And we'll be on that hour for a lot of our shows here going forward, which is a very exciting uh, news. Many guests joining us today from Oak Hill, starting with our own Mark Zacchino. Mark, welcome to the show. Give us a sense of the temperature right now, because from what I'm seeing, it's looking pretty chilly, my man. Scully, I'm freezing out here. It is five degrees. It is completely overcast. The wind is up, so it's five degrees. Probably feels closer to two degrees, maybe one degree. Uh, the hands are cold. That's how you know you shouldn't be playing golf, right? That's the key. I know our friend TJ Rule from Golf Away Tours says there's no such thing as bad golf weather, just bad golf gear. And to a certain degree, I kind of d- can deal with that. But once I lose the hands, once you can't feel the golf club in the hands, that's when it's time to pull the plug. That's where we're at right now. Here's the good news. We're only going to get this today. The weather for the tournament looks pretty good. Last time I checked the forecast, we're looking at about 17 degrees on Thursday for the opening round, a mix of sun and cloud, uh, into the 20s and much warmer on Friday. Saturday, we're going to get some rain. That's the day where we're going to be watching going, okay, well, at least we made the cuts. We've cut the field in half, thank God. But we could be uh, dealing with some uh, pretty heavy rain at times on Saturday. And then a beautiful sunny Sunday to finish this thing off. So if if that forecast holds, we should be okay. But you would not want to be starting in the morning wave today right now. It is freezing. Not sure if uh, producer extraordinaire Jamie Rydell is in earshot, but is he wearing shorts today? He is not in earshot at the moment. Those gentlemen went to the media center. I'm doing, I'm doing this, uh, you know, this 30 with you, and then I'm, I'm hitting the broadcast uh, compound to see some, uh, some colleagues and some friends that I said I would drop by. Um, he, though, I can confirm, because I saw it this morning at breakfast. We had a coffee before we uh, went wheels up to the golf course. I walked in. Everybody in the team today has got every piece of clothing they brought with them today. I looked down. Jamie Rydell, shorts as always. The legend continues. Wow. I mean, a lot to take in from that statement for sure. I know when we have Bob on an hour or two, I will be asking him if he brought that blanket that he was donning during Masters coverage uh, throughout today. I will be asking him uh, that very question. But Mark, as always, for our Wednesday editions of GTC, we're going to be taking a look 
at the tournament from an edge perspective, from a FanDuel perspective. What are the odds? Who are the favorites? Who are some long shots you should consider? We'll be discussing that. Also, Graham Dillette is going to join the show uh, in about 25 minutes' time. We're going to take a look back at his run at the 2017 PGA Championship because of note, the last time a Canadian finished in the top 10 here at the PGA Championship was GD. Back in 2017. Also, Kevin Sylvester will join the show in hour two. And we're going to hear from all the notables, all the favorites. Who is playing well? Who is struggling? And what about Rory? We'll hear from all these guys too. Before we get there, let's hit some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. Mark, we can hear it right there. Just how, how windy is it right now? I mean, you must be freezing. If you're if it's feeling like five degrees Celsius, we just heard a bit like it almost looked like a hurricane through your phone. Uh, are we wearing toques? Like what, what's what's the deal right now? If if I had one, the toque would be on. I did not pack correctly. Did not think at any point I would need a toque, but you would be wearing one. You would have gloves. Um, it's the gust that are getting you right now. There is a, a, a constant breeze in the air, but the constant breeze in the air is only about five to six miles an hour okay. constant breeze, but it's gusting to about 15 and it's cold. Like it's a cold, cold, it's a winter wind. It does not feel like spring. You know, this reminds me of Adam. It reminds me 2019 Canadian open Bob and I standing on the forward T deck, Hamilton golf club, we were freezing shooting Golf Talk Canada, and we were saying to ourselves off mic, you know, how, how are we going to have a national championship Thursday morning? It's winter here. And basically at 7 a.m., two days later, uh, summer arrived in Toronto for that, in southern Ontario for the Canadian, for the, uh, Canadian Open. The same, we're going to have the same feeling here this week. Right now, this feels like winter. This feels like a day you get before you shut a golf course down for a season. And tomorrow... 17 degrees and sunny by, you know, around noon. So uh, someone's going to hit a switch. Let's hope that forecast stays. Well, it's mid-May in Rochester. What did people think was going to happen? Of course, this is obviously possible when the schedule was made, but it sounds like, like you said, the weather is a-changing. Now, on Monday's show, Mark, we had Andrew Green on. We ran your one-on-one with Andrew, and he was a big factor in the reno done here at oak hill now you've had a chance to walk the property i've seen some of the videos you've posted of the rough the pin locations you made the comparison i think it was on monday in one of the sports center hits to beth page what what are we going to expect here in terms of golf course setup for this week they did chop it down and cut it on Sunday night. So I don't think we're going to see them touch it again. But prior to Sunday evening, the rough here looked like a, an old-school U.S. Open, you know, something you would have seen at Wingfoot in the 80s or 90s. Um, but it is still super, super lush, super uniform, however, though. Uh, I mean, it, it is cut perfect to perfection, so you're not going to get it lumpy. It, it is very consistent. But keeping this golf ball in the fairway is going to be a real priority this week. And the difference between Oak Hill now, I think, and Oak Hill before is with this tree removal, there's still quite a lot of trees on the property, but they're more for framing and they're more to really, uh, you know, really, if you're going to hit it way off the beaten path, 
you know, you're going to get penalized by some of the trees. Uh, but in the old Oak Hill, you'd get it anywhere off the fairway, and you're kind of coming out sideways. What you're going to have now, Skulls, is you're going to have guys miss fairways. They're going to get up there, and they're going to have to judge their lie. Is this lie good enough to, to advance it down the fairway? And if so, how far do I want to advance it? How far do I want to try to maybe even get this to the putting surface? And that's the question they're going to be making all week. And that's where the kind of strategy and difference in this golf course comes of instead of just bailing it out to safety, it's can I hit a tumbler? Can I get it into the throat? The one thing that's going to be very interesting, I have never seen, and this is part of the reason why I was thinking about Beth Page. I know I do not remember a major championship venue in quite some time, if not ever, where there is this many uphill shots in the par fours. Um, with the exception of the opening hole yesterday, I walked, you know, walked most of the golf course yesterday. There's about four holes I haven't seen yet. But out of, the golf, out of the 14 holes I've seen, there's really only three or four greens I saw out of 14 holes that weren't uphill approach shots. And most of them are par fours. There was a couple par threes as well. And I'm thinking to myself, with this rough, with, uh, with the length of this golf course, a par 70 that, that comes close to 7,400, and, and uphill approach, it's like, how, do you, how are you supposed to chase a knuckler out of deep rough into a throat to an uphill green where you really don't see the bottom of the flag, especially if they're talking about in the corners? It's going to get real interesting to see uh, who can figure this place out. But this is uh, maybe the longest 7,400 yards on the planet. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. And on the other side, we're going to take a deep dive into the two betting favorites, Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm, both at plus 750 on FanDuel right now. But before we go to break, Mark, I'm seeing some news coming down right now as we speak. Jason Day speaking with the media. A, I have to point out he does have a toque on and about 12 layers, so it does seem <laughs> pretty cold, like you mentioned. And Jason Day is not playing a practice round this week he has elected not to he's trying to avoid exhaustion we saw the vertigo back at the masters of course the vertigo back in 2015 at the u.s open when he fell over walking down a fairway at chambers bay now it isn't the first time he's done this but mark given it's a major championship venue given the renovation I know he's had some health issues, and obviously his caddy's going to be walking around and, and looking at pin locations and such, but what do you think about this move, especially for a guy who's coming off a victory last week? Well, this is why you and I were talking about this on Monday. I mean, he's, he, I got to think he's likely just going to be exhausted, right? And this is part of the, the whole exhaustion thing we were talking about, and there was probably some celebrating as well, you've got to imagine, of, of him getting getting the victory finally after – you know, five years, et cetera. But uh, I know he's doing this because he wants to be the healthiest he can be when the ball goes in the ground Thursday, tomorrow. And he, well, he's avoiding vertigo. He's avoiding exhaustion. So I, get, I, I understand this play from J.D. That being said, I think this puts him behind, behind the eight ball quite a bit. Uh, I mean, this is a tricky, tricky golf course. Uh, I'm, I mean, we just, we just talked about it. There are some learnings out here that are not going to happen overnight. And it's not that the golf course isn't in front of you, Adam. It's in front of you. It's not like you don't know where to hit it. But the green complexes are, are incredibly interesting. Some of these hole locations are ones that you just completely ignore and just look the other direction. 
And if you shoot at a flag around here that uh, you're not supposed to shoot at, you can look very silly. The one thing else to watch for this week, Adam, collection areas. I have never seen so many tarps on the ground in practice rounds on areas that weren't, you know, you find some par fives on the PGA Tour major championships where they'll tarp, tarp some collection areas in the week, earlier in the week so uh, the wedges aren't completely destroying those low areas uh, for the majority of the players throughout the, the four days. This week, uh, on the front nine, I saw four tarps already uh, on, on different holes where they expect uh, golf balls to miss greens and collect. So, I mean, it, it's, uh, uh, it's a tricky venue, and that's going to hurt J-Day. Well, taking a look back, so Jason Day, prior to the 2016 PGA Championship, so in his title defense, he did win in 2015. But heading into 2016 at Baltistral, he showed up the day before the tournament started, played one practice round, ended up finishing in second place behind Jimmy Walker that week. So he's, he's done this before, but certainly this is unusual in this day and age of uh, preparation for a major championship venue. Okay, Mark, on the other side, two betting favorites, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler. We're going to hear from both of these guys on their mindset, their confidence into this week, and I'm going to put you on the spot. You're going to have to pick one of them this week. We'll discuss that and much more next. This is our PGA Championship Preview Edition of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score good for your health. Visit jpsmgolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. Scully and Zucchino alongside here for our PGA Championship preview edition of GTC. Our first of the day. We're also on a 1 p.m. TSN 4, 5 p.m. TSN 2. Now, Mark and I were, were texting in the commercial break. We have big news coming for GTC. Can't announce it yet, but uh, Mark, I'm sure you can tell in my voice I'm a little uh, more fired up than I was uh, m- uh, two minutes ago when you sent me this news that we're uh, going to unveil at some point here in the near future. Anyways, that's a bit of a teaser for you. Let's get back to the action today with the PGA championship. We have John Rahm. We have Scotty Scheffler. They are the two betting favorites at plus 750 on FanDuel. And we're going to hear from both of them, starting with John Rahm. Of course, Rahm won the Masters. He's won a bunch of times already this season. What's his mindset heading into this week? Let's hear from John Rahm. I'm confident. I feel good. I feel good. It's, uh, it's been a great year. It's been an amazing year. Uh, and I'm just hoping to keep keep adding more to it. It's um, It's been a lot of fun, and I, hopefully I can keep that. I can keep riding that wave. Is there anything you've been working on specifically or really just maintenance? I mean, middle of the season, nothing groundbreaking, I would say. And there's always little things we all want to improve, but uh, I think at the end of the day, it's always going on between the ears on the golf course more than, than technique at this point of the, of the, of the season. 
Okay, Mark. So obviously Rom wins the Masters and the way he did it, we've discussed it a trillion times on this show. He forejacks the first green and turns into a robot after that. But for you, how hard is it or is it hard to follow up a major championship win and play well in the next major five weeks later? Uh, well, I think it's very hard, and I think it's a very different style of golf as well. I mean, this is you couldn't pick a more polar opposite venue in terms of the type of golf that's going to get it done at Oak Hill versus the type of golf that gets it done at Augusta. Now, this is John Rahm, the number one player in the world. He checks all the boxes. In my opinion, there's a big two in the game. With all due respect to Rory, uh, I think Scheffler and Rahm are at a completely different level. And the one thing I love about John Rahm, I think, Adam, more than, I, more than anybody else, nobody hates losing, and nobody shows up at a golf tournament looking to win and wanting to win more than John Rahm. And I, and I think that's saying a lot, because you know, these guys are ultra-competitive. They all want to win majors. They all want to win golf championships. But, I mean, you've heard the argument over the years that some guys just you don't have the fire in the belly. In fact, we talked about Lori McIlroy and said at times that he just doesn't look focused or doesn't look like he wants it enough. And, you know, that narrative has followed a few players around. You will never say that about John Rahm. I mean, this guy went to Mexico in the Vedanta uh, Open at Mexico uh, probably not wanting to be there just a week or two after Augusta. And yet he went, he was defending champion. He goes, I'm not here for a parade. I'm here to win this golf tournament and almost took down Tony Fino with the second place finish coming down on Sunday. So, I mean, uh, if John Rahm's at a golf tournament, he's there to win it. It's the last time we've talked about anybody like with this type of attitude is Tiger Woods. If I'm here, it's because I want to win because I think I, I can win. And that's the John Rahm mindset. And I love that. It's, it's so fascinating, too, and you look back in recent memory in terms of guys going on big major runs. When Brooks Kepka won the 2018 PGA Championship, he then came second at the Masters, which was about eight months later, which was the first major of the next season when Tiger won, and then Kepka won the next major at the PGA Championship. So he won two of three majors, came in the top five in the other majors that season, and then you look back at guys who have won the first two majors to start a season. The last time that happened, Mark, of course, was Jordan Spieth back in uh, 2015 when he went Masters, then U.S. Open, then the close calls, uh, of course, later on. I'm gonna, we're going to get to Scotty Scheffler here momentarily, but I just mentioned his name, Jordan Spieth. And, A, have you seen him at all, Mark, this week? Because it looks like he, he's got some sort of uh, KT tape on his left wrist, and it's heavily bandaged. But I'm seeing different reports that he either played one hole or nine holes. Have you seen him at all? We've seen him play one hole this week. And, in fact, it was Jamie Rydell who saw him. Bob and I didn't actually catch him with our own eyes. In fact, I, at least I don't believe Bob uh, was with Jamie at the time. Bob and Graham and I were walking with uh, Corey Connors, Nick Taylor, and Adam Hadwin on the golf course. So, um, And we're trying to confirm those same reports. We can't figure out if he played one hole or if he's played nine because there's conflicting reports all over the place. And I'm, not, I'm still not sold. I know he's playing for history, Adam. I get it. But, I mean, this is not the golf course you want to go around with a sore wrist or, or any kind of wrist injury. This rough is lush. It is thick. Uh, I mean, I'm still expecting 
I know he's get, he looks like he's going to give it a go, but I, I don't know. There's part of me that's still leaning. You know, if you ask me to weigh it, I'm still past 50% that he's likely going to WD here and he's going to pull the shoot before we put the ball on the ground tomorrow. I just, I can't see it. I hope I'm wrong and I can't see it. And what I really hope, Adam, is if he does decide to give it a go, I really hope he doesn't hurt himself. Yeah, that's the the thing, too. And as we've spoken about uh, on this show before, he's not exactly the straightest driver on on the the planet. Uh, So missing fairways will likely happen for any player this week. Speed is 157th on the PGA Tour in driving accuracy. So that's a story that we will be following throughout uh, our show today, our live show today, if we get some speed news. But, of course, we have to mention Scotty Scheffler here. He is the co-betting favorite on FanDuel at plus 750. Before we get Mark's take on Scheffler, let's hear Scheffler on his mindset heading into the season's second major. I definitely want to play well, and there's various things that can motivate me. I wouldn't say that John doesn't motivate me. I think anytime you see guys playing really good golf, you, you want to be doing the same thing. Um, and so whether you know it's Jason Day beating me last week kind of down the stretch or you know John just beating the crap out of me a couple different tournaments this year you know it's it's always motivating when you don't do what you want to do and that's usually trying to win the tournament and so yeah I'd say a little bit for sure then last week you said there were a few things you wanted to clean up what what are those things um I didn't swing it as well as I would have liked to on the weekend and then um that's pretty much it I mean I feel like I was hit a lot of good putts last week and so I feel like I'm in a feel like my game's in in a really good spot it's been quite a run for Scotty Scheffler since last year's Open Championship. He has two finishes outside the top 46 on a leaderboard. Other than that, it's just been top 10s, top 5s. He's just been a consistent machine. But the putting, that's his clear weakness. Mark, from what you've seen on these greens how challenging will this be for Scheffler where clearly the weak part of his game is on the greens biggest challenge right now for Scotty with that putter Adam is these greens you gotta remember we have 156 players in the field and 20 of them are PGA club professionals Uh, we also have some potential moisture coming in late Friday that's really more so going to affect Saturday the one thing I've noticed with the greens right now is although they're tricky and although, you know, there are some shave down areas and some collection areas and some uh, real interesting hole locations, the speeds are slow. The speeds are not as fast as what you would expect at a major championship. Can they get them there? Will they get them there for the weekend? I think he will. I think they're going to get them there certainly for the weekend. But that being said, Thursday and Friday, I think Scotty Scheffler, we've seen it a few times this year at tournaments where the greens were maybe not running as fast as expected. Uh, He really struggled with getting putts to the hole and really struggled with his pace control on slower greens. I mean, typically when he putts well, he putts better on very fast surfaces, typically. He's been working really hard on the putting. We all know that sooner or later the putter's going to wake up like it was like it was back at the Players' Championship where, I mean, it was just ridiculous. But when that happens, watch out because he could win by five shots when that putter gets hot. But it doesn't need to get hot this week. It just needs to be better than average. If it's better than average, I think he's going to have a chance to win. Okay, before we let you go and you can go to the media compound and say hi to all everyone all bundled up you got to pick one 
Scheffler or Rom, both a plus 750 on FanDuel. If you were laying some lollies down and you could only pick one of them, who are you picking? I'm going to go only with Scotty Scheffler, only for the reason, as you mentioned, Adam, it is so hard to win back-to-back majors. And also, I think Scotty is, well, they're both trending. That's the hard part here. You go, okay, look for the guy who's trending. Well, Rom coming off the second place Scotty Scheffler really believes that he probably should have won this golf tournament this past weekend. And a couple swings and a a putter let him down. But he's also trending towards that next win as well. Oh, man. I'm going to go with Scotty. And then we get to the U.S. Open, and they both got one apiece. But I think, Adam, we could have John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, and maybe one or two other huge names coming down the stretch in a real epic duel on Sunday. It would not surprise me, not shock me whatsoever, if we had a final twosome on Sunday of Rahm and Scheffler. Yeah, talk about fireworks. Uh, That would certainly be great to see uh, those two coming down the stretch. Well, Mark, I know you're a busy man. I know you have a busy day of SportsCenter and TSN.ca and the works ahead. Uh, Stay warm. Maybe dial in a hot chocolate or two. Send my best to the gang. And uh, we will see you also on television again in about two and a half hours on uh, TSN4. Thanks, Skulls. Have a great day. We'll talk to you later today. That's Mark Zicchino, the Z-Man, who is uh, heading to the media compound now to have some stop and chats, probably warm up a little bit, some hand warmers, the works, uh, as he gets set uh, to do some uh, Sports Center hits with uh, Graham Dillette and Bob Weeks. Speaking of Graham Dillette, on the other side, he's going to join me here on Golf Talk Canada to discuss the PGA Championship to look at the Canadians this week, and also look back at GD's own experience at the PGA Championship, where he came tied for seventh back in 2017, including one of the wildest stretches you'll ever see by a professional golfer during the third round. We'll take a deep dive back with Graham Dillette next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by JPSM Golf. Offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score. Good for your health. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside our PGA Championship preview edition of GTC. Adam Scully here in studio. Let's go back to Oak Hill, bring in our TSN golf analyst, Graham Dillette. Graham, welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Thanks for having me on, fellas. How are you? Absolutely. Uh, we're, we're great. Now, we just had uh, Mark Zucchino on, and he went uh, into in-depth detail on how cold it is this morning. Uh, did you pack a toque, Graham? No, but I've been getting a pretty hard time from uh, Jamie Rydell for the last 10 minutes because I did get one from the Puma trailer. So I am wearing one currently. Okay, well, <laughs> a couple of things to, to really take a deep dive into. So, so Jamie, um, does he have shorts on again today? Oh, yeah. I've never seen him with oh pants on. God. Like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we were at a function last Wednesday, and he wheels up there with shorts and flip-flops on. I was like, Jamie, it's 
it's 12 degrees Celsius outside. But uh, anyway, that's, uh, th- that it is, is what bath, it is. Man. Uh, he, but yeah, oh, you yeah. know, it's like he was giving me a hard time. I'm like, look, man, I'm like, I'm not. First of all, it is nice to stay a little bit warmer. But he's like, you're Canadian. I said, yeah, I know. But I grew up wearing a toque all the time. And I take every opportunity now to wear one because I don't get to wear them very, very much anymore. So it's like the opposite of like being soft. It's like being legit Canadian. That's all. Well, yeah, no, I totally agree, and it's it's you're on the other side of the game now. Like you've played you've played golf in temperatures like you're in right now, where when you're moving out there, when the adrenaline's pumping a bit, you are a little warmer. But now, when you're just walking around and probably standing around for five minutes at a time, watching guys finish a hole, etc., it gets yeah. cold, right, brother? <laughs> it does, man. Yeah, but uh, maybe I am a little bit soft. I don't know, but I just like to make excuses for myself. <laughs> well, obviously, so you're at Oak Hill for the PGA Championship where there are six Canadians in the mix. And we're trying to see a Canadian get inside the top 10 for the first time at the PGA Championship since you did that back in 2017 at Quail Hollow. Now, on, on our television show, we played a little highlight package of you your four-hole stretch where you were six under par during the third round at Quail Hollow. You almost made a pair of ones. Take a, uh, give us uh, some pers- perspective. Uh, take a look back at that experience. What was that like for you? Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, I had made the cut, and I wasn't really like in the mix by any means. I was probably in like 30th or 30, somewhere in there. I was playing decent, but nothing really spectacular. And then the 13th hole is par three. I hit at this towering six iron to this front left pin. And all the slope was going left to right. Somehow it hung on the left lip. I don't even know how it didn't go in. And then the next hole was the drivable part four. I hit three wood, rang it off the stick, was able to make, I don't even know, 10, 12 footer, maybe eight feet for eagle. And knocked it on the par five, 15th and two, made another kind of 15, 20 footer for eagle. And then on 16, I actually, the pin, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Quay Hall, but the back left pin is on this big slope. And if you don't get it all the way up there, it kind of rolls all the way back. And I hit a beautiful it was like a mid to long iron in there. Got up about 15 feet from the hole, came all the way back, like 40 feet. And I was pretty bummed because I was on this little run. And then I hooped like a 50 footer, like up the tier for birdie and uh, finished with a couple of good pars in the last two holes to actually give myself a bit of a chance to win that golf tournament. I played decent on Saturday. I shot one under, you know, you leave a few out there kind of thing, but uh, it was pretty fun to be in the mix in a major. Now, when you get into runs like that, do you, like what goes through your mind mentally? Like, do you almost black out? Like, does it feel too yeah. easy? Like, what's that like for you? It's like an old school and like Will Ferrell's like, what happened? I blacked out. It basically <laughs> is kind of how it goes. I mean, you you know what is happening at the time, but um, you're just kind of just going about your business and doing your thing. And it's like runs like that don't come around very often. So you got to enjoy them when they do happen but uh yeah that was uh that was a pretty good memory oh that's awesome man we're in conversation with graham delette our tsn golf analyst and graham i mentioned six canadians in the field this week at oak hill who are you looking at to be low canadian this week i honestly think that uh, you could make a case for almost everybody obviously i think as far as the golf course it probably suits Corey's game the best because it really does require elite ball striking around here especially off the tee um but if you go kind of going with like the trending pick like mac hughes has been playing some really good golf lately 
Um, we walked around with a few of those guys yesterday, and they all look to be having a good time and in pretty good spirits. So, um, obviously, Adam Spenson as well, great ball striker. So, I think you can make a case for all the guys. But if I were to pick one, I think I would just go with recent form, and I'd go with Mackenzie Hughes. Well, and on, on these Wednesday shows on Golf Talk Handa, we like to really take a deep dive into the odds on FanDuel. You mentioned Mackenzie Hughes right there. 430 to 1 are his odds to win outright right now. So maybe a little couple lollies on him. And Corey Connors, Graham, 120 to 1. I mean, talk Crazy. about value, That's... dude. I, I, I know you like to perhaps place uh, the odd wager here and there. How about those odds for those two guys? Yeah, really good. And I mean, if you want it, maybe I shouldn't say realistically, but if you wanted to give yourself, give your money a little bit better chance, I mean, a top 10 or even top 20 for those guys would actually still pay pretty well too. So, uh, you know, like so many things have to go in the right direction for those guys to win. I wouldn't say it's like lightning in a bottle, but on a golf course like this, especially, it's just like, the cream is going to rise to the top through 72 holes. You can expect this leaderboard to be pretty much full of top players in the world uh, and the best ball strikers in the world. And, I mean, you can kind of fake it around here maybe for like a six, seven-hole stretch kind of here and there, but you can't for 72 holes. You have to be in control and you have to be hitting fairways. So, I mean, I would expect like the John Roms and Scotty Schefflers. And if Rory, I mean, he's he's kind of the odd man out. It's like, are we not talking about him? And is that scary? Is this the one that he's going to kind of come in out of nowhere and uh, surprise everybody? But obviously he drives it so well. And if he's in control of that driver, I mean, he could uh, probably have the easiest um, way around this golf course just because of how hard he hits the golf ball. And there's like, there's some fairway bunkers out here that if you can carry it 310, 320, which we know that he can, uh, not today in 50-degree or 40-degree weather or whatever it is here, so, or Fahrenheit, but um, he's the guy that you expect to be there as well. So I like Colin Morikawa. I watched Adam Scott. If you want a little bit of value, uh, I was calling for PJ Tour Live down in Florida, and we had his group a couple times, and his game looks really, really nice. He kind of had a bad Friday. I was talking to his caddy helpful yesterday out here, and I was like, how's Scotty playing? He goes, man, he's playing nice right now, so... Adam Scott might be worth a flyer as well. Interesting. I like those value picks. And you mentioned top 10 selections. So Mackenzie Hughes is 18 to 1 uh, for a top 10 on FanDuel. Corey Connors, 7 to 1 as well. So some great value there for the Canadians. And Graham also mentioned Colin Morikawa, Adam Scott, guys to look out for. But looking at the top of the betting book, we got Scotty Scheffler, we got John Rahm at plus 750. Both of them co betting favorites i i asked mark this question about 10 minutes ago who he would pick if he had to pick one of them so i'll ask the same question to you graham scheffler or rom who are you picking this week i i picked john rom this week i just feel like he's kind of on this little major chase right now not that scotty scheffler isn't but he got the first one of the year and he knows that tiger's the only guy that's ever uh you know won four in a row and i'm sure that he's trying to chase that down, try to give himself some sort of chance. But uh, I'll go John Rom. 
Okay, I like that. John Rom. So Mark picked Scheffler. You're picking Rom. We're having Bob on in about 20 minutes. I'm going to ask him the same question. He'll be the tiebreaker. And so you mentioned Rory there. And I'm curious on your perspective on this because, you know, obviously in the last year, Rory's been like the, the leader of the PGA Tour, speaking a lot about uh, about live golf and spending time in seven-hour board meetings. And, and in my opinion, yesterday – I'm not sure if grumpy was the right word, but he, he was definitely a little short, I, I thought, with, with the media answering some questions. Uh, from what you saw from Rory yesterday and what you've seen from his game throughout the season, what are your thoughts on Rory for this week? Well, I think, I mean, I've been saying it for about six months here with Rory that he's just trying to do too much. I mean, it's uh, admirable how he's kind of, you know, been carrying the torch for the PGA Tour. And I think Monaghan's been asking a lot of him. And at some point, your game is going to suffer from it. And I think that's what we're seeing. And, like, mentally, it's obviously worn him out. He had to take a little break from the game just to kind of hit the reset button. Um, so I think that was kind of the end yesterday where he just squashed. He's like, listen, like, I'm done answering these lib questions. And I think that's good because he needs to focus – on what he wants to do, and that's win major championships. And we're nine years now from his last one, which is it's shocking, really. When he won the 14 at PGA at Valhalla, it just seemed like he was, he was the guy who was going to win one a year for the next 10 years, and he hasn't won one. So, um, you know, even like at the Masters, I remember he put the AirPod in his ear and he was talking with the guys on CBS on Thursday or Friday and walking down the fairways. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, are you trying to make fans and carry the flag for the PGA Tour. You're trying to complete the career grand, grand slam and win a major. So I think maybe his focus has been just a little bit off. Admirably, like I said, because he is, has been doing a great job for the PGA Tour and all the players appreciate it. But at some point, you got to move on and do what you're here to do, and that's play golf. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Rory McIlroy, third betting favorite right now at 13 on FanDuel. Two more before we let you go. Obviously, Live Golf is a focal point. Again, we saw a couple of Live players. Phil Brooks Kepka finished T2 at the Masters. Who are you looking at from Live Golf this week to make some noise? Well, I think the easy picks are DJ who won out there last week on that tour and uh, Brooks Kepka. I mean, I don't know what it is about Brooks when he shows up at a major championship, but he's almost kind of like superhuman. He's got that chip on his shoulder and you know, his, the way that he comes into majors is actually pretty fascinating. How he says he thinks that they're easier to win. And if you kind of start doing the math, like you look at the field here, and it's no disrespect to the club pros, but there's 30 club pros in there. So now we're basically down from 156 guys to 126 guys in the field. And, and half of those guys that are in the 126 are nervous, and maybe they're playing one of their first majors, and these golf courses are maybe a little too much for the average PGA Tour player. And same thing, no disrespect, but I mean, this course is so hard and only the top players are going to play well. I mean, there'll be maybe one or two guys who, you know, really bring it this week and kind of might shock people to have a top 10, but I expect only the top players to kind of be in the field or in the in the mix. So, yeah, so Brooks, and so then basically what I was saying about Brooks is now he's only got to be 40 guys, you know, that's what he thinks. And he's like, I can go up before you guys. I mean, that's basically like a live event, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, and and now he's healthy too, right? So that's that's another thing where when he's healthy and on right. his game, look out for Brooks. Okay, before we let and you he go, he drives it well. He yeah. drives it hard. He he's got speed to get through this thick rough. The rough's not super long. They topped it all off, but it is extremely thick. Um, mm-hmm. One of those type of things where if you have that extra five, six, seven mile an hour club head speed, you can maybe get something at the green from 170 that some players might not be able to. So that's a huge advantage as well. Yeah, it totally is. Okay, before we let you go, uh, you and Weeksy had a little egg salad sandwich eating contest back at the Masters. Uh, have you guys picked anything, uh, any local cuisine uh, in Rochester that you guys are uh, going at it at each other or no? <laughs> we're, we're in a pretty sleepy little town this week, so uh, there's not a ton of options, but uh, mm-hmm. we have gone to... Uh, I was going to say karaoke trivia. We've been at trivia night twice in a row here on Monday and Tuesday. We won the TSN crew won the Monday trivia in a small town just outside of Rochester here. We thought we were going to get chased out of the bar, but they were all pretty nice to us. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. I wish we had more time to take a deep dive into trivia, but we'll have you on again soon, Graham, because I want to know all about, uh, about your trivia escapades and that much. Uh, thanks for your time today, dude. Uh, continue great stuff with uh, SportsCenter, with Golf Talk Canada, tsn.ca. I know you guys have a busy day ahead. Stay warm out there, man, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it, man. That is Graham Dillette, who uh, will be a part of our speed golf coverage later today on SportsCenter. And as well, Graham is making an appearance on Golf Talk Canada this week, too, to provide his insights. On the other side, we're going to hear from Rory McIlroy on his outlook for the PGA Championship. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada. Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Wrapping up hour one here on Golf Talk Canada, Adam Scully here in studio. Coming up in hour two, Bob Weeks is going to join us from Oak Hill as well as Kevin Sylvester. He'll be on to uh, preview the PGA Championship and I'll give our TSN edge picks from Bob, Mark and myself. If you happen to miss our television special last night, we're on again. 1 p.m. TSN 4, 5 p.m. on TSN 2. This is the first leg of our triple header. Of course, we're on for another uh, just over an hour or so here, taking a deep dive into the PGA Championship and what we can expect this week. And as always, heading into a major championship, big storyline is Rory McIlroy. As Graham Dillette and I were just discussing in the previous segment, it's been nearly nine years since Rory McIlroy won a major championship the 2014 PGA and of course Jim Nance had the great line as Rory tapped in on that 72nd hole a shining star at sunset and when we saw Rory tap in he was back-to-back majors it was three straight victories including a WGC back at Firestone on that tournament was still around for all those years and we thought Here's a guy at four major championships. He could win 10, 12 pretty easily. But since then, 
Nothing. Nada in the major categories. Now, it's not like he hasn't played well. Top 10 in all four majors last season. Just couldn't get over the finish line and get it done. But for Rory this week, what's his mindset heading into the PGA Championship? Let's hear from Rory McIlroy. Golf is, you know, you're always going to have your ups and downs in the game. And, um, no, I mean, I, I have to go out there and just hit good golf shots and, and you know, respect the golf course and, and you know, play the golf course the right way. Um, but, no, there's, there's nothing drastic that I need to change. I mean, I've been working a little bit on my swing over the last, you know, couple of weeks trying to get that back in order. And, you know, if I can execute the way I feel and know that I can, then, you know, I should be okay. Like 15? I was, I was just going to ask swing-wise, what is it? Is there something X's and O's that you kind of point to as maybe explaining the last couple starts and the last couple of disappointing results? Yeah, um, just club getting a little bit out of position at the top and then sort of the sequence of events, of events that follow from there. Um, you know, club face was getting a bit too open on the way back, really struggling to square it on the way down, and then sort of rate of closure was getting a little too fast, throwing my hands at it and sort of started to get the miss going both ways, especially at Quill Hollow. So just trying to sort of tighten the start lines up a little bit, keep a bit more strength in the club face, feel a little bit more squareness throughout the swing, and um, sort of what I've been working on over the last uh, week or so. Well, that's Rory McIlroy heading into the PGA Championship, where he currently has the third shortest odds to win at plus 1,300, or 13 to 1, if you will, on FanDuel right now. And I'm really curious which Rory will show up. It's been an interesting year. For Rory McIlroy, to say the least, a win early on in the season on the DP World Tour. But his last couple of stroke play events have not been great. Yes, he finished third at the match play, but he missed the cut at the Players' Championship. He missed the cut at the Masters. He withdrew from the RBC Heritage, needing a break. Came T47 at Wells Fargo at a tournament in Quail Hollow that he's had a ton of success at before. Let's see which Rory McIlroy shows up this week now before we go to break and tee up hour two we have to mention of course 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues throughout the season here on golf talk canada and because it's a major week we're giving away some major prizes if you come first place in our fantasy pool this week you win a set of stealth or stealth hd irons a full iron set second place stealth two plus driver third place spider gtx putter all you have to do check out our instagram page check out our twitter account go to our website golftalkcanada.com sign up for 20 weeks of TaylorMade. it is free you just select six players for your squad and if your team comes out on top you're the winner of one of those great prizes 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues all season right here on golf talk canada that's it for hour one to kick off hour two weeksy will be by to take a look at this week's pga championship this is golf talk canada this segment of gtc presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by play golf myrtle beach the golf capital of the world Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com.
And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, Hour 2, the back nine here on GTC. Adam Scully here in studio. Let's head right back to Oak Hill, where the season's second major on the men's side is currently taking place. And Bob Weeks now joins us. Bob, how are you this morning? Are you staying warm? Yes, it's actually it's actually getting a little bit warmer right now, but uh, it's still a little frosty. Still a little frosty out here, and there are... Uh, plenty of toques being displayed by both players and fans here at Oak Hill. Well, so you know, on that point, I'm glad you brought the, the toque up because Mark Sacchino said he was regretting not bringing a toque. And Graham Dillette just told me live on the air that he went to the Puma trailer to get a toque. Uh, did you bring a toque? We might have just lost Bob. I think Bob's call dropped. Uh, maybe he didn't like the toque question. Who knows? Uh, what I can tell you is that in our studio right now, I'm not wearing a toque. It's very comfortable in here. So we'll work on getting Bob back on the line here for the PGA Championship. And once we get Bob back on the line, we're going to discuss Canadians and such. I think we have Bob back. Bob, getting back to you, do you have a toque on right now? I don't. I brought one with me. Uh, it's a lovely RBC flavored uh, toque, and uh, I may put it on, although it seems to be, might be a little overkill right now because it really is probably up to about maybe eight degrees. We, if, if this was, if you and, if you and I were on, standing on the first tee at Bayview today, we would definitely still play, be playing golf. Really. That's, that's the kind of cold that is here. It's not frigid, but it's, there's a lot of soft people here, too. Don't forget, they're all like California and Florida people, too. Right. It's balmy. Come on, Bob. Like I'm expecting people, you know, like probably have their, their sweater vests on and their layers on, but come on, eight degrees. That's borderline shorts weather. Come on. Anyway, let's right. get back to the task. I was just going to say, on that note, producer Jamie Riddle is still wearing his shorts, as he always does. So there you go. Okay, on to the bigger things. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Uh, ac- yes, that, there's, so, there's so much to get into. And we, I, I touched on the Canadians with Graham Dillette. And Graham took us back to his experience back in 2017. Because, Bob, he's the last Canadian to finish in the top 10 in this tournament. So it's awesome to have Graham as a part of our coverage. But looking at the six Canadians here. We obviously have three victories already during this PGA Tour season, but who are you looking at from a Canadian perspective to have the best week this week? I think this sets up very well for Corey Connors. You know, he's Mr. Accurate off the tee and into the greens. That's a good recipe at any major championship, but here especially, it's uh, pretty nasty off the uh, off the fairways. There's a good enough rough here that you really have to be careful to try and stay out of there. I think that he's also... Uh, sharpened up his iron game from earlier in the year when he missed the cut at the players and the masters. So I like, I like that style. If he puts even sort of mediocre, I think he's got a really good shot. I would say that perhaps Mac Hughes is the guy who's playing the best of them all right now. He's, um, 
he's just seems to have found a little gear now, and it might not be showing completely on the leaderboards, but I, I do like the fact that he's hitting it a little bit longer. Something else you're going to need around here with some of these 230-yard par threes and 500-yard par fours and 600-yard par fives. So um, we know how Mac can putt, so if he can keep it in the fairway and get it down there, then he would have a good chance. So those are the two, I think, that are the right now anyway the obvious guys with uh with based on form and and experience and from what i've read too and from what we've seen from mackenzie hughes he's been doing the speed training for quite some time now and he has a new driver in the bag this week bob is that correct he does he has a new driver he's got new fairway woods he's got a new golf did we lose bob again i think we might have lost bob again I believe we have lost Bob again. We're working on getting Bob back. I wonder if there's some uh, cell phone reception issues, perhaps around Oak Hill. So many people with their phones and reception, all the track men out there. I've, I've seen some funny stuff on Twitter where uh, people take their track men or people pros take their track men on the range. And of course, you have to be logged on to Wi-Fi. And apparently there is a Wi-Fi password I was looking at online where uh, certain caddies weren't very happy that uh, other people were mooching off their Wi-Fi, if you will. But enough Wi-Fi talk. I believe we have Bob on. Uh, Bob, you're talking about Mackenzie Hughes? I was just saying that uh, that he's got a new ball in the bag. He's got a, that's a new driver, new fairway woods. And I don't think he would put them in the bag if he wasn't very confident about them. So sometimes, you know, sometimes those new clubs can work very well, especially when you first put them in the bag. And, uh, and and I, I think that's the case with uh, with McKenzie. I think he's liking what he's seen from them so far. I've seen him on the range hitting them. They seem to be going pretty far as far as I'm concerned. So looks uh, looks pretty good. There you go. Uh, so obviously Oak Hill has, has been through a reno. From what you remember from 2013, well, the last time it was held here, to what you're currently looking at right now, how different really is the golf course? Well, this is my fourth uh, major at this tournament, at this golf course, and it's it's changed. Uh, this is the most significant change that we have seen. I mean, you really lost some holes and reconfigured the lineup of it. Uh, there was a very famous par three hole here where there was uh, back in uh, 1989, my first time I was here. They had four four holes in one in one day, called it the four aces, and uh, that hole is actually gone now. So it's um, it's it's. Uh, I mean, right now it is a big, beefy golf course, and there's a lot of runoffs on the greens. I think you're going to have to be creative if you miss greens because some parts will have some rough, some parts will have sort of the runoff features. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a sort of a singular um, style of play that will get you around here. There's a lot of elevated greens. It's reminiscent a little bit of what we saw at uh, on the media day at Oakdale and what the players will face for the RBC Canadian Open. So... You know, it's um, it's om- I don't want to say it's a totally different golf course because the bones here are still very much the same as they were, but it's a uh, it's a much I don't know how to, I don't want to say it, it's obviously longer, but it's a much bigger ballpark if that makes sense. And there's narrow fairways here too, where they brought the rough in quite a bit, so it's uh, it's going to be tough to to hit those fairways. And I I think more than anything, Rory had the best words for it. You know, he said you're going to need a lot of discipline to play well here. I'm glad you mentioned Rory there uh, because I, I take it when I uh, listened to his press conference. Grumpy's not the right word, Bob, but he he seemed a little different. He seemed 
different than maybe from what we've seen in the past. And obviously he was very short with people talking about live and, and how he's, you know, represented the PGA tour and sat in 12 hour board meetings, et cetera, which is a good thing. But from what you saw from Rory McIlroy and given his form on the golf course, how it hasn't exactly been great. What's your mindset as you look ahead for Rory this week at Oak Hill? I think Rory's doing something he probably should have done a while ago. I think he's tried to, be as helpful and as uh, committed as he can to not only playing good golf, but also helping the PGA tour along the way. He's essentially been the de facto spokesperson, but it wears on you. Every time you go into the press room, you're asked a lot of times the same questions or the same theme, be it on live or whatever it is. But I, I think that he's just realized that he can't be all things to everybody. And he's got to try and figure out his golf game more than anything, because that's, that's his bread and butter. So I think he's just going to, try and he's he basically in, in a few words very few words actually uh two, there were three questions he was asked on live and and two of them were one word answers but i think he's just kind of let it be known to the press that look i'm done talking about this for now i just don't really want to bring it up i don't want to have to deal with it i want to focus on my golf he did look tired maybe is the the word i sort of saw not not necessarily like sleepy tired or physically tired but just kind of exhausted about what's what he's been through over the last let's say year close to a year so um, I, I think that he's trying to find his golf game more than anything right now, and I think he'll find a little bit of happiness in that. Um, he doesn't want his golf game to define him, however. That was one thing he made very clear, like he's got a life outside of golf. and um, So I think he's making some pretty healthy mental observations, and, and I don't think he has to owe anybody an apology if he doesn't talk about uh, about live anymore. He's been carrying the, the, the PGA Tour essentially for the last year doing this. Yeah, has he ever? And uh, Chris, I believe we have that audio of Rory McIlroy talking about Liv and, and that exchange. Uh, if we do, uh, let's hear from Rory McIlroy talking with Alan Shipnuck about uh, Liv Golf. Rory, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of the first Liv Golf tournament. Uh, if you could look into your crystal ball, maybe say three years from now, where do you think the professional game will be? I don't have a crystal ball. <laughs> don't want to speculate? No. All right. Honestly, good good for Rory. You know, good for Rory being honest. He's always a great interview. He's always honest, and he's clearly had enough talking about Liv. Uh, so good on Rory. Now, Bob, uh, I asked Graham this question. I asked Mark this question. Scotty Scheffler, John Rom, they are the two co-betting favorites on FanDuel right now at plus 750. I'll reveal our TSN edge picks as a squad later on in this show. But if you had to pick one of those guys this week, putting you on the spot, you got to pick one of them. Who are you picking? I think John Rahm probably, if uh, if you just look at his stats and things, I think he's got a better all-around game. He's a better putter, uh, although I think I think Scotty Scheffler is a better clutch putter. I think he sinks putts when he needs to. But I think this one is probably just suiting John Rahm just a little bit more. Um, you know, he drives it so hard and so long. He's He's really good with just about every single part of his game except from you know, we've we've seen him from uh, the numbers, at least stats bear out from about 100 and 110 yards in. Um, he's not great, but don't forget this golf course with the long par fours, he won't be hitting from 100 yards in a lot of times. He'll be hitting from 150 or 170 yards in on some of these holes. So that actually the length of this golf course may play into his hands a little bit. And um, boy, if he gets off to a fast start, he's going to be hard to catch. Yeah, I agree with that. So Scotty, uh, Scotty Scheffler was selected by Mark and you and Graham both.
John Rom. That's interesting. That's very fascinating. Okay, before we let you go, Graham gave us a bit of a teaser on some of the the nightlife you guys have been going on. Oh, just ripping up the clubs. No, you've been doing trivia night allegedly, and you guys won <laughs> trivia night. Is that is that a true fact? Well, unknown to us, the two restaurants we went into for dinner the last two nights both had trivia, and they were both different parts of our little town we're staying in. So we're thinking this might the little town we're staying in. This is called Brockton. Might be the trivia center of uh, of New York State, and we won the first week, and then last night uh, we kind of got crushed because we we missed we only missed like three questions, but it was a uh, it was a a. a, a, a Do we lose Bob again? Didn't. Uh, we weren't able to catch it. Okay, well, unfortunately. Okay, now I I, I, had to, I do have to ask. So, like, who who of the crew? Like, who's the captain? Like, who's the guy who you're like? Okay, this guy's got it. Like, is that you, Bob? No, Jamie Riddle is the king of trivia. He is a oh. professional trivia player. He goes out and uh, once a week in his home, in uh, the Kitchener area, and plays trivia. I I just have we all had sort of different strengths though. You know, like Graham Dillette is really good on sports. I'm kind of more the literature guy. Mark uh, Zacchino was great on like '80s music, so we kind of balance everything out. Oh, I, I always love ending these major championship hits on uh, hard-hitting journalism, whether it's egg salad sandwich contests or now trivia night. And uh, once we get to the U.S. Open, I'm sure you guys will find something to do in L.A. that'll uh, that we'll have to discuss on the air. Bob, thanks for your time today. I know it's a very busy one with three handicaps: speed golf, sports center hits, sport, uh, the Jay Show, the works. Thanks for joining us, and uh, enjoy Oak Hill for the rest of the day. Okay, thanks, Adam. Take care. Bye bye. That's Weeksy on the road, heading out to uh, probably on a golf cart, heading to their uh, location where they'll start shooting some hits. You can see Bob later today on SportsCenter, along with Mark Zacchino, along with Graham Dillette doing some speed golf, doing three handicap, the segment that I'm usually on, but because I'm not there this week, uh, they are filling that void uh, for me. Uh, hosting that hit and then of course Bob was on the J show last night I believe Graham might be on tonight I can't confirm or deny that coming up on the other side we're going to hear from more of the notables including guys like Tony Finau who was looking for his first career major championship coming off a victory a couple weeks ago we'll hear from Tony Finau and some of the other notables next this is Golf Talk Canada this segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio. Coming up on the other side, we're going to go one-on-one -on -one with Kevin Sylvester, who is on the ground at Oak Hill right now for the PGA Championship. Can't wait for this week. It all gets underway Thursday morning, 7 a.m. TSN, TSN Plus, your home for all things PGA Tour, Major Championship Golf, the works. Can't wait for that. But let's take a look now at some of the favorites, some of the notables 
right now for the PGA Championship. We heard from John Rahm earlier in the show. He is the co-betting favorite with Scotty Scheffler. But Rahm, as we heard earlier, he's certainly feeling confident about his game. Of course, already has won four times this season, including the Masters, including the Century Tournament of Champions, American Express, and of course, the Genesis Invitational too. Here's Rom on his outlook for this week and how he's feeling about his game. I mean, throughout the history of the game, hitting it far has always been an advantage, right? Uh, maybe a little bit more so nowadays. It's always going to be beneficial to have the swing speed, right? If you miss a couple of those fairways, like one, ten, holes are not the longest. Uh, but if you miss the fairway, you can put yourself in a tough situation. People that hit it long might have a short enough club to attempt to hit it to the green, right? Um, I don't think it would be quite like Winfoot. You do have a couple holes where they do give you the opportunity of hitting iron of a tee and a wedge. That wasn't the case there are many of them. Uh, I think it was only on five or six. So it's there are similarities. It's not quite the same. The grains are not nearly as severe, right? Uh, they, they are kind of square-ish for the most part. You do have an open in the middle, but uh, not in all of them. I think it, it, it will give you the opportunity, but man, if you don't hit it through that gap, that some of the holes is quite narrow. Those bunkers are no joke. You know, if it's never going to stay in the upslope, it always goes down to the flat, and it's always some severe slopes. You know, you're most likely going to be short-sighted. It's it's a tough golf course, but I do agree with what he meant in the sense of having a really good short game week, which is the same thing Phil and Bryson did at Wingfoot, will give you a obviously a massive opportunity. Everybody will miss fairways, everybody will miss short greens. So if you can get those up and downs, obviously it's not only a confidence booster, but it's it's something that will keep the round going. John Rahm is certainly fascinating to listen to, and he's quite a historian about the game of golf, too. He can really rattle off some stats from years and years and years ago that, you know, it can't really pull out anywhere but John Rahm uh, he loves the game of golf he loves watching the game of golf and he is a fascinating interview speaking of fascinating how about the defending champion Justin Thomas this season has been bizarre to say the least he clearly has not had his best stuff throughout the season Justin Thomas certainly has not and the odds really speak to that too plus 2900 for Justin Thomas 29 to 1 for JT to win this week so how is JT feeling about his game heading into his title defense looking for his third Wanamaker trophy let's hear from Justin Thomas it's very frustrating it's uh, especially it's it's easy it's, it's a lot easier like anything in golf it's easier said than done in terms of thinking big picture thinking process thinking you know I'm going to be better off for this and whatnot but at the end of the day after a couple months or, or six months whatever it is where you're not performing as well as you feel like you should and not, you know, having the finishes you feel like you should or not winning tournaments that you feel like you should, then it's, yeah, it's pretty easy to get pissed off and, and understand what's going wrong. But um, like anything and like, I mean, I, I've, you know, I've preached this to myself. <laughs> I'm sure I've said it to y'all or I've said it to whether it be, <clears throat> excuse me, younger guys that ask. And I mean, how you learn is, is failure and negatives. And I feel like I've, you know, I've had a great opportunity for a lot of learning the past, whatever, six months, a couple months in this year. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm, I said it in Charlotte a little bit, starting to see a little bit of the light at the end of the tunnel and just of, of 
you know, no, nobody I feel like is in a better place than call it Max Home out here. There's there's not very many top player. There's no other top player in the world that's gone through what he's gone through in terms of of being having a tour having a tour card, losing your tour card, having to earn it back, and then becoming one of the top players in the world. So I've talked to him about it before because he's like, like nobody out here really knows how bad it can be. You know, it's like I feel like everything's so bad and I'm ranked whatever in the world. He's like, dude, I, like, I had to birdie my last five holes at Pumpkin Ridge to get in the Corn Ferry playoffs. So it's all relative, and it's just about making the most out of whatever situation you're in. Interesting insight there from Justin Thomas, who – yeah, it, his year has just been weird. I, I will say that. And he's only missed one cut since 2023 began. And that was at the Masters, of course. And that was that Saturday morning where the conditions were beyond terrible. And he actually did one of those walk and talk interviews with CBS. And now he was anticipating a very long day and trying to hydrate and make sure he was eating right. Then he finished. He finished very poorly when the conditions were, like I said, awful. And, you know, only two top 10 since the calendar has turned to 2023, a T10 at the Valspar in March and a fourth at the WM Phoenix Open. So Justin Thomas, really curious how his game stacks up. Of course, last year he had that huge comeback victory. His odds were around 250 to 1 with 10 holes to play during that final round. And what he do? He rattled off the victory. So JT, look out for him this week. Really curious which Justin Thomas shows up. Now, before we go to break, we have to hear from Tony Finau. So Tony Finau is one of those players looking for his first career major championship, won a couple weeks ago in Mexico. How's Tony Finau heading into this, feeling heading into this week? Let's hear from him. Game feels good. You know, just won not too long ago, it feels like. Maybe just a few weeks ago in Mexico, as you mentioned. And, um, Coming off, uh, I think, just a solid season overall. Uh, whenever you can win, leading up to a major championship, I think it gives you some confidence that, that you can play well, and um, I think that's definitely the case this week. Tony, Tony Finau looking for that first career major championship, and he's among a number of players, obviously, with the title now of best player without a major championship. You can look at Finau. You can look at Cantley, you can look at Shoffley, you can look at Max Homa, Cameron Young, who we're going to hear from later in the show too, who's from the New York area, who is on my TSN Edge team this week, I will tell you that. We're going to hear from Cameron Young later in the show, but for Tony Finau, the flat stick has always been his detriment. He was 85th on the PGA Tour last year in strokes gained putting, and this year he's hovering at around 25th right now, so he's made huge uh, improvements in that side of his game coming up on the other side we're going to go one-on-one -on -one with kevin sylvester as we continue to preview this week's pga championship this segment of gtc presented by picton mahoney asset management was brought to you by cobble beach georgian bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. 
Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio. The season's second major on the men's side. The PGA Championship this week at Oak Hill. Now we've heard varying degrees of how cold it really is in Oak Hill right now in Rochester. Because earlier when Mark joined the show about 90 minutes ago, it was cold. But when Bob came on half an hour ago, it's warmed up around 8 degrees Celsius or so right now, which uh, which is good. So starting to warm up here uh, at Oak Hill. It's, it's May in New York. I mean, anything can happen. We know here in the GTA, it wasn't exactly warm this morning in the 10 to 12 celsius range if you will a little warmer than uh, than it was i have some family in muskoka right now and it's also a little cold there uh right now but to get back to the pga championship for much more here is kevin sylvester good friend of the show now joining us to preview this week's tournament kev how are you this morning how cold is it right now in rochester <laughs> well it's uh we're mid 40s so uh the sun is out though so okay. that's good you know, it, the overnight lows, my, my prediction is there'll be a frost delay tomorrow morning. That's my prediction. Wow. Uh, yes, that's early because, you know, the overnight lows um, are going to dip down uh, in the 30s. So maybe that's just, a, you know, my early prediction. It'll be a, sh- a short frost delay. There you go. Okay. Well, but only uh, getting tomorrow. To the... But only tomorrow. Not in the other days. Just tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Forecast is looking better, uh, or at least warmer, which is which is certainly good. Uh, but you know, taking a look at you know the top dogs, if you will, on uh, this week, we got Scotty Scheffler, we got John Rahm on FanDuel. They're both the co-betting favorites at plus seven fifty. I've asked our previous guests on this show this morning who they would pick. So I'll ask you the same question: Are you going with Scotty Scheffler or John Rahm if you had to pick one? Wow! If I had to pick, uh, well, that's a great. You know what? I, I would take Rom if I had to pick one, just because he's a closer. Um, and you know, his—I mean, they're both big, strong guys. And um, you know, you got to be strong to play out of that rough. Uh, but neither's my pick actually this week. So Ooh, I don't. Okay. We don't want to keep that mistake. Well, because you have to find the fairway at Oak Hill. Yeah. Um, it is just at a premium uh, because of the rough there and. You know, I'm, I'm looking at guys who are accurate, um, you know, the guys who also have that pedigree to win. And I was uh, in my, my local show, Buffalo TD Green, we were doing our picks last week, so I'll, I'll stay true to that. I picked Patrick Cantlay uh, because he's in the top 20 in driving accuracy. I made the caddy change. Uh, we, he hasn't, you know, he's been close, right? He's been on the cusp here a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, 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 he's a winner. And he hasn't won yet. I think the guy's due to win a major championship. And for that reason, I'm going Patrick Cantlay. Yeah, I'm with you there, Kevin. I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, a first-time major winner get it done here. A, because at Oak Hill, the last two times uh, the PGA Championship's been held here, a first-timer has won. Sean McKeel back in 2003. Jason Duffner, of course, got it done 10 years ago in 2013. I, I love your Cantlay pick. And how about Cameron Young, too, you know, with Paul Tesori on the bag as his looper now. How much do you think, you know, veteran guys with Cantlay, it's Joe LaCava, with uh, Cam Young, it's Paul Tesori. How much can these veteran guys help these players get over the hump, kind of like Teddy Scott's done with Scotty Scheffler? Well, yeah, I think they're a calming influence. Um, I think that certainly matters. Uh, you know, the change matters. And when you go with someone who's, you know, been on the bag, who's been in the big moments, uh, that'll matter a lot. It matters a lot. You know, we're talking about accurate drivers. Uh, a guy like Tom Kim, 
who is much higher up the list than Patrick Cantlay, and he's got Joe Scavron on his bag. Now, Joe didn't win a major with Ricky Fowler, but uh, certainly been in some big moments uh, with Ricky Fowler on the bag there. So, you know, there's another young player who would be a first-time major winner that wouldn't surprise me if he fared well there at Oak Hill because of the driving accuracy, because of that uh, caddy change. He got himself in better shape. And, yeah, Cameron Young, it, it, it you know, he had that amazing rookie season, didn't win, but had all those top tens and got up there. And we haven't uh, heard a lot from him uh, this year on the PGA Tour. But, hey, look at where he grew up, right? Grew up uh, in New York State, uh, you know, on the type of grass uh, that Oak Hill ha- certainly has. So there's got to be some sort of familiarity in how to play Northeast golf for Cameron Young. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't mind that pick whatsoever. Okay, so those are players looking for their first career majors. Now we have a player looking to complete the career grand slam this week, and that's Jordan Spieth. But there's this mystery, obviously, given the severity of his left wrist injury and how he flew into Rochester Monday night. Have you had a chance to see Spieth at all uh, while he's been there this week, Kevin? And is it even worth it for him to try to tee off given his wrist injury? Well, you know, I have not seen him yet uh, this week, but I will tell you, I had him when I was working PJ Tour Radio uh, the first two rounds at Wells Fargo, and um, and then he afterwards withdrew from the AT&T because of wrist injury. I said, okay, the wrist injury explains what we saw. Now, he didn't appear to be physically hurting at Quail Hollow, but he was off. I mean, he was, um, he was terrible. I mean, just even the the shots that were wayward that he recovered from unable to do so. So yeah, there's definitely something off there. Uh, certainly I, I think it's worth them uh, to try to tee it up and play. But um, if there is an injury there and you're playing Oak Hill and you're Jordan speed where, you know, he hits it all over the place. His game is he's a shot maker, the recovery shots and such um, hacking out of that rough. I can't see how that would help it. Now, remember, they're getting the best treatment in the world. They've got the best doctors looking at them. Um, and, you know, this is a guy who fought through a previous injury in his hand and changed his swing. And everybody's like, what's wrong with Jordan Spieth? He was avoiding surgery. So I don't know if there's a recurrence of that, um, but this is somebody who battled through. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he battles through. Yeah, totally. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, if Spieth does see it this week. 157th PGA Tour in driving accuracy so far on the year, but he's certainly entertaining to watch like you've seen uh, time and time again. Uh, A couple more more before we let you go. Uh, You mentioned guys needing to be strong out of the rough this week. And from a live perspective, obviously 18 guys in the field, a couple finished very strongly at the Masters. Who are you looking at uh, from guys on the live tour to contend this week? Is it Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, or perhaps someone else? Well, I mean, it would be foolish not to single out those two players, right? I mean, they've uh, performed well. We look at uh, Kepka at the Masters, uh, and he's won this year on that tour. Uh, Dustin Johnson just coming off a win, and they're you know, two of the most talented guys that, that play on that tour at the moment. So absolutely, I, it would not surprise me one bit uh, to see those guys play well. I don't think the golf courses that they've competed on um, have been as well-maintained as Oak Hill <laughs> is, as, as pristine. I think that's fair from what I've seen, um, you know, some of those tournaments played. You know, uh, Cameron Smith, we should see how he performs, um, you know, in, in this event. Uh, he really, uh, from what I've recognized, hasn't made much noise uh, this year. So we should see 
what he's able to do. I mean, he was uh, the hottest golfer uh, seemingly last year for a while and, you know, made the move, which was uh, a bit surprising given uh, his age and how he was performing on the PGA Tour. And, you know, whatever, made his choice to go. Um, and, I'll, and I'll give you one other player, too, um, who I, I saw him the other day, uh, Monday, the practice round, uh, Harold Varner third. So it was good to see Harold, um, you know, popular guy who also went over there. I'll be interested to see how he performs this week. And Harold Varner III, of course, was in that final group with Brooks Kepka back at the 2019 PGA Championship at Bethpage. Obviously didn't have the, the finish that he wanted, but he was in that group. Kev, I know you're a very busy man. Thanks so much for your time today and looking forward to hearing you on Tee to Green throughout the week. All right, man. Hey, great to be with you, Adam. Stay well. Thank you. That is Kevin Sylvester, PGA Tour Radio, PGA Tour Live, Tee to Green, the works. The guy is a very, very busy man and uh, some names there we hadn't we haven't heard the name Cameron Smith throughout the show he is the reigning open champion one of of course that was last summer Harold Varner the third that'd be quite a story too and Patrick Cantlay Patrick Cantlay was uh, Kevin Sylvester's pick and on the other side we're going to hear from more notables heading into this week guys like Cameron Young Max Homa Jason Day coming off that victory last week, electing not to play a practice round. And I'll give our TSN Edge picks as a squad. And spoiler alert, there are some repeat names, perhaps two of the betting favorites. You'll have to listen to find out. We'll do that and much more as we wrap up Golf Talk Canada on the other side. This is GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Wrapping up our first pre-PGA Championship preview show of the day. We're also on TSN 4, 1 p.m., TSN 2 at 5 p.m. And as we wrap up today, we're going to hear from more of the notables as they get set to play this week, starting with Max Homa. Now, Max Homa is now a six-time PGA Tour winner, but in the majors, he's pretty much been MIA. His best-ever major finish is a T13. That came at last year's PGA Championship. So how's home of feeling heading into this week's second major of the season? Here's Max on his mindset. It feels like if you hit really good shots, you're going to have good looks for birdie. Um, if you're just off the fairway within the tree line, it feels like you can kind of have a lot of run up so you can get up to the green. The greens aren't too bad. They did a good job of uh, the shorter par fours. I feel like the greens are a little more complex than the really long Typical par fours, uh, besides number six, are pretty benign. So I think it's a it's going to be a good setup for for a major this week. 
so a win earlier this year and several top tens. How are you feeling about your game coming in? Yeah, game feels really good. Um, it's nice. Uh, you know, I went to Augusta playing really well, and uh, that that week prior at home, it just golf swing got really weird, and it's a bummer to show up at a major and know it's you're just going to be fighting just to. <laughs> score as best you can and it's got to be hard to to contend this this week it your know, game feels really good it felt great last week at home and i played well uh, at the wells fargo so it's nice to be here and feel comfortable and not feel like i'm really changing much or working on too much just playing some golf as you come and chase the first major would it change your life that much i'm not sure anything could happen at this point that would change my life uh, but it sure would change my career. I think you win a major and you just get vaulted. Um, that might mean I might look at myself a little bit differently as a golfer, but my life, my life's, I like my life. I can't imagine much is going to ever happen that I'm going to all of a sudden say, oh, thank goodness, <laughs> you know, my life's good now. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty lucky and appreciative of everything that I've got going on. Uh, and then uh, all the good golf is 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 you know, cherry on top and a major would be, I'm not sure what's better than a cherry or taller on a Sunday, but it would be, it would be awesome. But yeah, I mean, I don't think golf changes our lives, but we do work at something and it's always nice to see hard work pay off. And, uh, I, I think I'd just be, um, more proud of myself if I could clip off a major, but, uh, yeah, I'm not going to let that dictate, uh, my happiness, uh, in, in my day to day life. Great perspective there from Max Holma. His odds right now, 36-1 to 1 on FanDuel. More value. Hello, hello. Speaking of value, Jason Day coming off a victory last week at the Byron Nelson. His first victory since 2018. He's won a major championship before. His odds to win right now are 29-1 to 1 on FanDuel. And he spoke to the media about an hour and a half ago. It feels, I mean, it's funny to say that my game feels nice now compared to two weeks prior when I missed a cut at Charlotte. Um, it's amazing how quickly confidence uh, in this game can change. Um, but I feel like, you know, overall this year I've, um, you know, I've been building towards, you know, maybe getting that win and um, working towards it at least. And then I feel, uh, you know, pretty good about my game overall now coming into this week. Um, obviously a little bit tired, so I mean, I don't know if that's going to affect me um, preparation-wise. I know, well, I know that it will affect me preparation-wise. I just probably won't be able to prepare as well as I need to. I know that I have to uh, focus on um, making sure that I get enough rest today and, and get into it tomorrow. And how's this week been here in Rochester for you so far, and what have you maybe noticed about the East course? I haven't played the course. No, no. Unfortunately, <laughs> I haven't seen the I haven't seen the course, and I most likely probably won't see the course today. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm not fighting anything. I just I, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm mentally prepared and mentally ready for tomorrow. Um, no matter how well I prepare, even if I go out and play a practice round, if I come in tomorrow kind of tired and exhausted, it won't do me any. Uh, favors, so I'm just going to try and take it easy. And it's not the first time where I, I've come into a major championship and not played a practice round. So, 
Interesting stuff there from Jason Day. Not going to play a practice round this week. 29 to 1 are his odds on FanDuel. Now, as we always do during our Wednesday preview shows, we give our TSN Edge picks with FanDuel odds. Here are Mark's picks. He's going with the two betting favorites, John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler, both at plus 750. And his third pick is Patrick Cantlay, who has the fourth shortest odds to it. So Mark going with the betting favorites, one, two, and four. As for Bob, he also is going with the two betting favorites, John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler, both at plus 750. And Matt Fitzpatrick is his third pick at plus 3,200 or 32 to one. As for me, Xander Shoffley is my first pick at 17 to one. I think Xander is due to break out and get that first career major. He is the only player who's finished in the top 15 in each of the last four men's majors, doesn't have a, a victory. And uh, let's see if Xander Shoffley can get it done. And how about Brooks Kepka? That's my second pick. Brooks Kepka, 21 to 1. First time we've picked a live player. Brooks Kepka, my second pick. And my third pick is Cameron Young at 32 to 1. I love the value there. I love that he has Paul Tesori as his caddy now, a veteran influence. Cameron Young, my third pick. Speaking of Cameron Young, before we head off here uh, for our next show, let's hear now from Cameron Young as he prepares for the PGA Championship. I think it's been going the right direction. Um, obviously, I had kind of two good results in a row um, at match play and the Masters. And then um, some very mediocre golf um, from there. But I feel like I've played okay. I just am, I'm struggling to, to score a little bit. And um, I, I think I'm just really excited for, for this week to get on a, you know, a New York golf course that's obviously in major championship condition. Um, it feels like home. Obviously, I didn't live that close to here, but it's the same style of golf. And uh, I'm just excited for the week. That's great. Thank you. It's, uh, we'll open it up for questions, starting with Jeff. Does this kind of bring you back to your childhood a little, this kind of style? And the... Yeah, for sure. I think the um, even walking down the first hole today, there's something familiar about just the grasses and, and kind of the weather um, that I, I feel like is unique to this part of the country. It's It was beautiful out there today. And even just something as simple as that um, just feels very familiar to me. You know, it's, it's a lot like playing spring golf at home, you know, when I was in high school and, and really still spent some time here. That's Cameron Young as he gets set for the PGA Championship. Finished runner-up at last year's Open Championship. One shot out of a playoff at last year's PGA Championship. Won by Justin Thomas over Will Zalatoris in that playoff. And we should mention, too, 99 of the top 100 players in the world in the field this week. The only one missing, Will Zalatoris, who is out for the season with back surgery. Hopefully he recovers soon. Well, this has been our first leg of our triple header today for Golf Talk Canada. Join us again, 1 p.m. TSN 4, 5 p.m. on TSN 2 as we preview this week's PGA Championship. Watch for Bob and Mark and Graham Dillette on SportsCenter, tsn.ca throughout the week. I'll be hosting SportsCenter Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evenings. We'll recap the PGA Championship, and we're back next Monday, 10 a.m., TSN 1050, and on TSN2. You can also watch us that day, too. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, and remember, the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet.
This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.